We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. Jeffrey Wright's going to join us as he does every single Thursday. Before we do that, let me tell you about the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know about the lunch specials. You know about the ribs. Let them take care of dinner tonight for you, maybe this weekend. Whatever uh, wet, dry, call ahead. Be ready to pick you up, pick them up. Oxford Exxon will help you out. Also, you can win tickets to the series finale for Ole Miss and Arkansas next week. You can win box tickets for Ole Miss and Arkansas next week for uh for that one as uh all you have to do you have to tweet you have to tweet at the oxford exxon you have to use the uh hashtag rebel ready you do that you're entered you get a chance to uh win some free box seats for the rebels and the razorbacks first time they meet since the semifinals of the college world series last june and if you're in the jackson area remember the clinton blue sky they've got new donuts they got fresh donuts they're making them every day you can um Go by, get some, several different flavors. We're at a lot of great options there in Clinton for the uh, the Blue Sky location there. So Blue Sky up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi as well. And we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900. That's in Amory, Mississippi. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. Gives you great service. He will hook you up, help you out. No matter where you are in the car buying process, give Corey a chance. Let him assist you, lead you along the way and give you the best deal he can there with Clark Ford and Amory. Again, 662-257-1900. And then Jeffrey joining us on the My Perfect Franchise hotline. It's myperfectfranchise.net. You can contact Andy Ludicky at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404-973-9901. If you're a displaced corporate executive and want to put your career in your own hands or you're an experienced entrepreneur want to diversify, he can help you out. He's a longtime Raffles board member, diehard college football fan, and franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Again, andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Jeff, for joining us here on this Thursday morning, as always, gentlemen, we're going to get to a lot of baseball today, MLB opening day, all 30 teams participating 
and that which is uh, back. It's cool. I really, really like that. But first, uh, a moment of silence. It was on our message board. Guys, where are the non-palated people in Hoover going to eat? The Bonefish Grill in Hoover, Alabama has closed its doors. It is no more. It has lost its franchise tag. I mean, it, it, it is the death of an entire cottage industry during the last week of May when all the sports riders converge on Bonefish before heading over to On Tap, which I'm not going to make fun of, and enjoy all the delicacy that is sushi grade tuna and salmon and Are you listening to this mahi, joking? mahi, and the entire thing. It's, it's, it, it, it is a tragedy today in when people, Magic City. When people talk about our show, Jeffrey, they're like, Neil's the asshole. <laughs> Neil's the one that picks on everybody. Chase has developed an absolute hatred for all things Texas A&M to the point that I think it's impacting his relationship with Ross Bjork. And now you think you think it's impacting my relationship with <laughs> Ross Bjork. He, he he won't give me a canned quote anymore. What are you talking about? And he gives and, and, he would give me a canned quote. And he assaults Texas. I mean, uh, Mississippi State beat writers. I mean, just assaults them. And yet it's me that gets labeled. It's me. <laughs> Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. That song goes, by the way. Um, is the Jay Alexander still there? Whatever the Redlands Grill? No, we're good. And hey, it, it's quality. I, I have nothing bad to say about that place. It's completely good. Fine. No issues. Yeah, it, it's Fine. I mean, it's, it's poor man's Houston's. I mean, yeah, that's, sure. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this when you were mentioning that. Maybe when I was like, I don't know, in like 12. I don't think I've ever been to a bonefish. I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm being like, a little bit. Like a, this is not like a moral stance. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, if there's a if there's a bonefish around, there's usually a PF Chang's around. So I'd rather go to PF Chang's. Yeah, there's the a, like, like in in Hooper, there's a sticks right there beside the yeah, bonefish. Give me that. And I'd rather get the hibachi. Yeah. Well, I've been to the here, one in, in Montgomery that when I've had to stay there. Montgomery's not exactly known for its culinary delight. Yeah, and and there was a hotel that I stayed at that was just right down the road from a bonefish. So you could just either run over there and eat or you could get it and bring it back to your room and open a bottle of wine. And you you if you know this this what I'm about to go. If if you are expecting a six and you get a six, you're fine. It's whatever. It's a meal, right? It's I'm hungry. Yes, life is about something. expectations. Yes. But the people that treat bonefish like oh we're going to bonefish it's going to be this culinary experience it's like nah man okay see th th that's the point is that you have to be at the SEC baseball tournament to understand this media days to an extent but really hoover for the tournament it's a <laughs> bonefish is owned by the same people that own outback and it's kind of a seafood version of outback it's if yeah. you go in knowing what to order get the bang bang shrimp get whatever you're cool no big deal it's all fine but we'd be sitting in the press box and you would hear these beat writers going, hey, this is Bonefish Night, right? They call it Bonefish Night. You go, hey, oh. this is the night we're going to Bonefish. Hey, we, we, we get the tuna and we get the apps and we it's white tablecloth. Like, did you guys make a reservation? Did you make sure we could get in? And it's like, dude, Birmingham is one of the most, not even underrated anymore. It's just one of the better food cities in America. And it's 20 minutes away. Not even 15 minutes to Bodega or... Oh, it's hot, a cheap, hot or whatever. Like, what are we doing? Uber, a cheap Uber ride for three or four people to go to. Fantastic oh, yeah. I mean, restaurants. Yeah. No, I, I give Birmingham credit. Like Birmingham's got. Birmingham kind of has the Jackson attitude on steroids where uh, the, there's a little like uh, our farts don't smell. 
but I give them credit. And like the last 15 years, like they've done some of those downtown bars that will do like the mix like they got the mixologist, whatnot. Like, yeah, no, I give them all the credit. They've they've got a pretty good food scene. Oh, Birmingham's gotten to a place where if if you want to just get away for a weekend, not a bad like, spot. Like go on Friday afternoon. You can get to Birmingham mm-hmm. by seven. It's a three hour drive. It's not a bad drive. You can go out Friday night, kind of hang around. They got a couple of breweries on Saturday that are kind of fun to hang out in and go to dinner sun Saturday night and get up Sunday morning and you're back in Oxford by noon. Yeah, now that they finished not terrible or whatever, yeah. Not terrible at all. But yeah, bonefish as a like when you start equating bonefish with like prime rib night, yeah, that's that's kind <laughs> of a problem. I found a, a restaurant review from that's a while ago. It was 2013 on AL.com. It is it is the bonefish version of that old woman who talked about Olive Garden is the elite Italian restaurant. I mean, it, it is. They tried every fish, and I mean, man talked about how the freshness, the freshness, and the quality, and hey, they got food trucks coming in multiple times a week, so you know it's fresh, guys. Don't worry. It's like yeah. okay, uh, I'm, I'm got is problems. There- is there a ref- is there a restaurant though think about it in your life a restaurant that you know it's fine but you know it's not like top tier that you'll ride or die for oh in the right mood i'll 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 ride or die a little bit for outback sure yeah but see but we also like that's the problem like i'm saying is like cuz we both acknowledge like when you have like, especially if you've ever had a traveling job, yeah, there will be the occasional outback craving. Like you want the bread. It's, oftentimes it's because you're usually miserable. Like you're on mm-hmm. the road and it's just miserable. And you're like, God, I just want that bread with the butter. Um, I want that bacon wrap filet that I know that it's, you know, it's whatever's below choice. But like it, they'll hit the spot. The beer's always cold. Like it yeah. knows what it is. Yeah. And so like that's. To me, that's a little different. That's kind of like a fast food craving, but okay. like at a dinner level, like I'm trying to think like in Memphis at the O'Court Mall, the, there's a Chinese place called China Master. And I acknowledge it's horrific, cheap Chinese food. But you want to talk about the reviews that I would write and publish? <laughs> you would think that I am discussing some like three-star Michelin Asian fusion restaurant because of what that honey chicken does to me. I can't say that I have one of those, but I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to really think about it. There might've been one in, in, in the past. This is a completely different level because it's obviously a very, very good, consistent chain restaurant. But do you think you overrate roots, Chris, Jeffrey? Cause I know your love for it. Oh, that's a good question. So funny. You should mention that. Let's see. Uh, was it mom's? Yeah, March. It had to be mom's birthday. So we had we had mom's birthday there the other night, and the family made a unanimous decision that that was our last Roots Chris trip for a while. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, I think that's probably fair, although I've always had an acknowledgement. All those steakhouses kind of in the Roots Chris, the Capitol Grill, Fleming's, like all of those to me were the stakes were largely the same. So the difference was, how did you feel about the rest of the menu? Usually it was like, did you like the apps better at one place? And that would be your preference. Roos Chris forever had the best apps. 
You had the crab stack, which was an elite appetizer. I'm talking E, capital E, elite appetizer. Real crab meat? Real crab meat, jumbo. Okay. I mean, they had the sauces, everything mixed with avocado, mango, like fresh. It was as good of an app as you could possibly have. They also have the chopped salad. That's an elite salad. That lemon basil vinaigrette. I've never seen it matched. It's an unbelievable salad. You had the Linase potatoes. Uh, Dessert-wise, you could either go with creme brulee. They had great bread pudding. But the last time we went into Roos Critch, which Roos Chris, which I believe was March the 3rd, everyone was looking at each other, and there was a unanimous family decision made that that was our last trip back to Roos Chris for a while. But yes, I think for a while... What happened? Probably, I think the, the menu is just... The menu looks like it's like being catered to uh, like 21-year-olds that have never been to a steakhouse. Oh, they've changed the menu. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So your chopped salad's gone? Your apps chopped are gone? Chopped salad's the only thing that's still on there. Okay. I think but the I, crab stack has disappeared. Crab stack's gone. The, the steaks were not well prepared. I mean... I think the and, and, and if you go to a steakhouse, right, you want to go to a really good steakhouse because you're admitting when you walk in the door that hey, I'm overpaying for this experience. For yeah, sure, sure. I, I'm, I'm I could do Especially this at home now. It, forever, it used to be you couldn't get prime meat. Well, now you can go to Costco and buy a four pack of prime meat. Yeah, for you know under twenty bucks a steak. So yes, you you are acknowledging that this is an experience and. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it's, it's, if it's not a home run, you're disappointed. I mean, that's yeah, just I, I, I want my leather and the smell that comes yes. with a steakhouse when I yes. walk in. I yes. want all that. Yes. yes. I, and also, like, maybe it's a, a touch insensitive, but I prefer to walk into a steakhouse and think, you know, there were some mob hits ordered here <laughs> one way or the other. You know, like yeah. not saying that they were they happened here, but they were certainly organized here like that to me. That brings a little extra added character. Yeah. Like there's a, you want to go to a steakhouse in Chicago where you're like bad things have bad things have been organized here. Bad things were here. Yes. It's, it's uh did y'all watch Winning Time, the the Lakers yes. HBO yeah. show? You know, when they had the scene with Tarkanian at that uh when they had Tarkanian at that steakhouse in Vegas, and then you realize like, oh yeah, that's because the mob would like exchange stuff there. Like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking like I got to figure out the name of that steakhouse. That's the one I want to go to in Vegas. Com completely agree. How are we? I know, Jeffrey, you got some takes. How are you feeling about today? I saw Neil post on the message board. Kind of sad. You got stuff going on today. Major League okay. Baseball opening day is uh, getting started. And again, for the first time in a while, all teams playing going into the night. Games are going to be faster. The clock's going to make an impact today. It is not the national holiday it once was, but I do think we probably underrate the number of people that have some significance in today and watching some baseball, even if they're not diehard baseball fans. Most, most sports fans, to some extent, are going to flip on and watch a couple innings today. So do we have an answer to this question? One of my biggest complaints about opening day, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, heck, it might even be more because... I did the math. Do you all realize that George Mason's final four run was 17 years ago? Yeah, it was 2005, right? I think it was six, 2006. Okay. And so it was 17 years ago. And I was like, God, that's depressing. Were they in with LSU and Florida the year they both made it? 
It was 06. So the, yeah, I think, was that were Florida's championships 04, 05? Is that the year? No, LSU? I think it's 06, 07. Yeah. LSU yeah. knocked off JJ Reddick. I I, yeah, it was like Big Baby I, and those guys that made it. I think you're right, Chase, because I remember watching that final four, whatever. Like we were watching the Elite Eight on a baseball bus trip in high school, and that was my junior year. So that would have been 06. I think you're correct. I think that's that final four. Florida, yeah. LSU, Florida, LSU, George Mason, UCLA. Yeah. And then Florida won the national title in basketball that year. And then the fall, they won the football title with uh, the murderers. Um, yes. And the other felons. Um, but the, the thing that I can't figure out is we've bastardized opening day. I mean, when, when they started doing like opening day in Japan, two weeks before the season started, I'm like, wait, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, like that pissed me off. I was, I, I was not down with that. And then we started doing the, they wanted to like capture like what the NFL does where, they let the World Series champion open a night before. It's like, no, opening nope. day is a thing. NFL yep. opening day was never a thing. They can create, like, the NFL does have the advantage over Major League Baseball in the sense that there's not as much history. So they can kind of write their own history, and they are very good at writing their own history and shoving it down your throat. But I like how today is opening day. We'll get yes. into my, my Reds complaint in just a moment, but is this a conscientious decision like are they acknowledging like oh yeah we need to get back to opening day being a thing or is this a result of the world baseball classic went on and so they did they couldn't manipulate the schedule as much i think it's probably a little bit of both i think they do want the opening day and i think they're going to see this being successful so even if the classic had a say in it next year i still think we're going to have this again I watched told, the Nationals throw the first pitch today. I'm told by someone who would know that uh, this is something that Theo Epstein has been saying in Major League Baseball offices since he left the Cubs and joined MLB is that they were screwing up opening day and that they needed to get back to the way that people like it. Okay, so good. This is a good start. This is a positive. I, I'm, I'm ready to be a baseball positive guy. I love, I love baseball. I love Major League Baseball. I'm ready to be baseball positive. Step number two, I am not a Reds fan. In fact, they're a rival, and I don't particularly care for the Reds. But you know what opening day is? They get to do their parade. Cincinnati does opening day better than anyone. They have the parade. It's a school holiday. It's a thing. And I like those types of, like, pomp and circumstance, like like that kind of tradition. I'm all for it. Opening day starts at noon Eastern. And they get to throw the first pitch. And they're at home, but they are the yeah. ninth team to throw a first pitch today. Yeah, they open at 310 today at home against the Pirates. But you're right. Hunter Green should be throwing the first pitch yeah. late this morning. And then after that, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't care. You can even do whatever. like 10 minutes late. Like they they throw the first pitch at 1205, and then you can have other first pitches at 1210. Sure. Yeah, I don't care. But the, I, I am a believer that they... The city of Cincinnati cares about it in a way that I think is unique and special, and I think that they deserve their flowers. I love that ballpark, by the way. I, I love it. It's a shame that they suck the way that they suck because the the people are cool there. They love baseball. It's such a storied baseball city, and it's a cool park. It's a now, really two, neat park. Two of my favorite ballparks are just completely wasted. 
the, have you ever been to the park in uh, Pittsburgh, PNC? Yeah, I've been several times. It's fantastic. fantastic. I told Carson ballpark. we ought to go this summer just to go see it. No, fantastic ballpark, but they always suck too. They do. I think the only, well, I love Safeco and the Mariners suck too. I don't know what they're calling. Is it, I think AT&T is now like Oracle, um, yeah, but that's yeah. another great one. The only problem with that is you can go in like June and you can bring like a North Face. Like it is just blisteringly cold. It's right there on the water, but yeah. It's cold at night. Oh, I'm glad the, the Padres are good because Safeco is awesome too. Safeco is awesome. I'm sorry, I said Petco, Petco, Petco. Yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, downtown San Diego. It's a cool, yeah. really cool park. Seattle, the last game of the day today. They host Cleveland at 9-10 tonight. All right, so then the other take. So, Passon is saying, I think he wrote yesterday, that the pitch clock is the biggest on-field change to the product since Jackie Robinson broke the color beard. I saw now, this, yeah. To be clear... He is not saying it is the same. He is saying it's the biggest sense. Yeah, I yeah, think sure. He, I think we all acknowledge the biggest on-field change in sports is when they opened it up to oh, all sure. That's the biggest on-field change. Sure, sure. Here's where I disagree with him. I do not believe that the pitch clock is going to change. Like, if you look at it, it's not really changing runs so far. Like, it's not changing the on-field product. It's not a bigger deal than the DH. So I think the biggest change since... Oh, you don't think? No. Oh, oh okay. I, think, I think the biggest change since is Quest Tech. And here's why I would make the argument for Quest Tech. The pitch, the pitch, the pitch framing umpire. Right, the, the, yeah. the, grading, the, grading of, the grading of umpires in the strike zone. Okay. So before Quest Tech, the strike zone was wider because, like, you know, Maddox would get, you know, the catcher would set up a foot off the plate. Maddox would hit the mitt and the umpire would punch him out. When Quest Tech came in, the essential, the basically what they were saying is you can miss a strike high or low, but it better hit the plate. And because of that, the strike zone went from being a wider strike zone to a longer strike zone. And because it was a longer strike zone, that was when you started to see everyone decide, okay, we don't need crafty pitchers anymore that can work the corners and whatnot. We need just guys that throw as hard as they can, hard sliders. And then the other adjustment to that was, well, screw it. Like Balls in play don't matter anymore. We're just trying to launch the thing. And so what I think the biggest problem of gameplay, and it's, the thing that I used to always love about baseball is there were multiple ways to build a team. Well, now everybody's playing the game the exact same way, which is throw it as hard as you can, try to get as many strikeouts as you can, and everyone hits the same, which is no stolen bases, you know, load them up and, and see if you can launch one out of the park. I still think Quest Tech is bigger than the pitch clock because Quest Tech completely got rid of diversity, I feel like, of styles of play in baseball and now basically everyone just plays the same thing the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation <laughs> the 2023 football season will be here before you know it thank God the season ticket renewals are due March 31st just a few days away 
You can renew now by logging into your account at OleMissTicks.com or calling the Ole Miss Ticket Office 662-915-7159. While you're on the Ticket Office site or calling that number 915-7159, the Ticket Office is accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. You can submit those orders today by calling the number, going online, taking care of that. And remember, current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. Welcome on Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Order online at walkons.com. Check on the convenient Walkons app as well. It's uh, especially if you're in Oxford or in Jackson. Stop by the Oxford or Ridgeland locations of Walkons today. College Corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of Rebel gear in Central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Memphis, uh, Hernando, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. And we're brought to you by Solutions RX. It's based in um, Iuka, Mississippi. It is a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. I've told you about prescription support. They also have a, a lot of vitamins, minerals, that kind of thing, that supplements, I should say, that you can order that will help you stay healthier over the long term. It's solutionsrx.com, promo code OEP at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. And our friends at Dead Soxy have a free gift for you. It's an exclusive gift. Head over to deadsoxy.com slash rebels. Join the NIL subscription by signing up. You'll be the first to hear about exclusive collaborations, uh, new products, and even receive freebies on the regular. That means you'll not only have the freshest socks in town, but you'll also be contributing directly to Ole Miss Athletics and helping support your favorite players. As your first gift for uh, signing up, you'll receive a free pair of limited edition Juice Kiffin socks only available to members. To get your gift, all you have to do is add a pair of socks from Dead Soxy's Ole Miss NIL subscription to your cart, and your free pair of Juice Kiffin socks will automatically appear in your cart. No membership fees to become a member. All you have to do is start your subscription by adding one pair of NIL socks to your cart and choosing how often you want new pairs from the Ole Miss collection delivered. So head over to deadsoxy.com slash rebels. Sign up for the NIL subscription today to show your support. Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, johnsonhillcreamery.com. Got a couple days remaining to uh, vote them best charcuterie in Oxford. They have a link in their Instagram bio for that. And while you're going to their Instagram page, see all the uh, different offerings they have, photos and videos, including a fresh batch of jalapeno honey jam that's being made this week. A lot of things there you can shop for and get locally. They make all their small batch artisanal cheeses in-house every single day. Charcuterie, crazing, grazing tables, 
workshops, and much more. That's 662-419-9201, cheese at johnsonhillcreamery.com, or again, right there on the website at johnsonhillcreamery.com. Yeah, because pitching got so good that you can't count on getting multiple hits in an inning. Right. You can't go, hey, let's move him over, and we're going to make sure we get a single. Right. Let's string, not make contact. Let's string some runs together. So no, I, I, I'll buy that completely. But I still think the DH is a big deal, now. too. They all have pitch labs now. They see like somebody has an exploding slider, and they get these guys that went to Dartmouth and Yale and stuff, and they study the physics of it, and they try to recreate it with their pitchers. And they make sure you tunnel exactly right where it comes out of the hand exactly the same way. They put you on Rapsodo, and they go through how to make sure that everything comes out 100% even, and then the ball damn dances all over the place. I mean, it's, it's impossible to hit. No, I mean, if you've ever been in a batter's box against someone that has a truly great slider, like, you know, they'll do such a disservice when you're you're just seeing it on TV. You're like, how did he not know that was coming? It's like, well, if you've ever been in the batter's box against that pitch, like, it looks like a fastball. And then it breaks off the face of the earth. Like, there's a reason why you can't hit it. Is this clock going to be, I mean, it, it's going to be a positive because most people watch on TV and they want more action. I, I, I get it that it's a positive. I still, I, Jeffrey, I've told Neil this. I'm, in, in person, I don't think the game breeds enough. I think it's too fast. I think everybody's rushed. Major League Baseball has even got a faster clock than college does. You know, runs have been up with the clock, but I think runs are up because pitchers don't have as much time to think about what the hell they're doing. They have to just get the ball and throw. I think that's why runs are up to this point that they've been able to measure because um, that's what's happening in college. But it, it it's still going to be a positive. It feels like the minor leaguers who were used to it and then came up, they yeah. are saying that they're fine with it once they have been with it for a little while. Yeah. In fact, in fact the players, I was reading this and can't. I want to give credit to the author. I, I want to say it was in The Athletic, but I can't remember. Players are... You know, in, in the in the bigs in spring training, the, the starters will play three, four, five yeah. innings, and then they're out. And they got the, tea time. Yeah, they're leaving the ballpark going, this is great. This is yeah. going to be fantastic in the season. I'm going to get home to my family more. I'm going to get I'm going to get this. I'm, you know, they're they're the players for the most part love it. Now, some pitchers gonna be a different deal. Like you saw the Yankees. The Yankees are the candidate number one to have meltdown, but they had in a spring training game this week, I want to say it was in Washington against the Nationals. Uh, Nestor, uh, is, it, is it Nestor Cortez? Is that his name? He he did a quick pitch, got the ball back, did a long thing. He's upset at the umpire, and the umpire's kind of looking at him like, dude, I didn't make these rules, but I'm, I'm charged to enforce them, so get over yourself. And I, I'm waiting for Aaron Boone to just absolutely melt, melt down just to try to defend his pitchers, but the umpires don't have really a choice here. Like you were saying, Jeffrey, I mean, they're, they're judged by they're going to be judged by how they call the strike zone and how yep. they manage the clock. So overall, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. I think in college, there was had to be something to be done. The problem was they didn't get rid of like the biggest problem in college baseball. And, you know, with all due respect. Number five is the biggest culprit of all. It's like the pickoff attempts. It's the trying to control the run game. It's the every pitch is called from the dugout. 
that doesn't exist really in Major League Baseball. I mean, you mm-hmm. certainly don't have pitches called from the dugout, whatnot. And but there's just not you're not going to see someone pick off seven times at first base in a major league game or it. It's a rarity if it ever happens. So. Overall, like, I don't know if this. I think that this was trying to make an effort of we hear the complaints about our product. We're trying to make improvements. It still kind of ignores the problem why the TV product slows down is not necessarily once the game is going. It's the in between innings. It's commercial breaks. And there's just no way around commercial breaks. So. But in general, I'm kind of in favor of it just because I was I, I mean, it's probably a personal preference. Like I hate guys that work slow and I always hated guys that work slow. Like as a catcher, there's nothing better than your guy that works fast. And it just made the game feels like it has rhythm. I always felt like it was better for your defenders to make plays. Cause when you get the guy that just kind of takes his time and makes sure that everything's set and ready to go before he throws, like, I think it puts everyone to sleep, but overall, like, I, I don't know, like it, I still think the bigger problem is going to be like, you got to have 90 seconds, you know, 90 seconds, two minutes of commercials and whatnot. That's, but it might make the TV product slightly better. I'll tell you what it definitely won't do. Uh, Live betting is going to be non-existent, like in-game live betting, you know, like when, because that was, what was interesting to me is they went for this when I know that Adam Silver had told Manfred, you know, one of the advantages that you have is when y'all can finally, you know, openly embrace gambling. Like you're the bet, like you you're gonna have the opportunity for like in-game betting live and whatnot, and that's that's gonna be big for y'all. And I feel like this, you know, there's no time to do anything in between pitches. I guess I'm a little shocked the clock moved up as much as it did because I mean I, I saw a couple of players predict there's gonna be some games under two hours here in the next couple of weeks, and then. On average, you're talking about two and a half. It's not even necessarily three or two fifty or just making sure you avoid the the three and a half game. I mean, we're we're talking about a major league season where it's very likely the average game is like two thirty two. Oh yeah, I mean what what were the what were the final spring training numbers like? I know they kind of got they kind of got out of sorts at the end because of you know the guys that were playing like these games got longer because you had you know guys that are going to be on in there. Yeah, yeah you guys that are in like they're. Like the Cardinals I saw last week got beat like 24 to one. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's kind of an outlier. But I mean, what I, I think most games were around like what, 225, 226. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. around the two and a half hour mark, which is what they're shooting for in New York. That's what they want. They want games to be two and a half hours. They think that is their TV window to maximize the effectiveness of their product. So it would be a three hour TV window. Yeah. I mean, to me, the the other, I don't know, I guess kind of the other issue that I see, it's kind of what we're discovering with the NBA. Like The NBA is now, more than ever, a, it's entirely a postseason sport. I mean, look at how they treat the regular season. The regular season is something to do until the playoffs. And then it's like, get everybody healthy, go in the playoffs kind of the problem with the 162 game season like the season's too long baseball's playoffs are great i just think the bigger problem with baseball is your playoffs happen during football season 
And there's just no way of getting around that. Yeah, it's, it's where it'll be interesting to see whether the improved pace of play and all that stuff, if they, if they actually have more balls in play, more stolen bases, if the game's more fun to watch, do they, does it have more momentum going into the postseason when you are competing against college football and, and, and the king? I mean, to, your point, to, to your point about Theo Epstein's, Theo Epstein's uh, influence now, I know Theo is big on getting getting the strike zone changed for like the same reasons that I, I was mentioning earlier, and I believe that will be solved by the robotic umps or the robotic balls and strikes, which I still. So they did it in AAA. I still can't figure out. They have a home plate umpire. So what do they just the the thing radios to him, and in, in the event that the in the event that the the machine doesn't get the pitch, he he has to call. Like I, I'm still unclear on the mechanics of it. I'm not really sure. I, I know that he's there to make calls at the plate and to get foul balls and and right and obviously to get base yeah to get baseballs and whatnot. But I don't know. I mean, I I I do think part of baseball's problem is you have a fan base in general that will complain about it a lot. And unlike, unlike really the NBA, where largely media are nothing but cheerleaders, and, and I mean, see Draymond Green. The fact that that guy doesn't get any like national media criticism, like, is is just the fact. It's like, oh, they're all just in bed together. And in Major League Baseball, they don't. You know, some of the most prominent voices are some of the most like the biggest critics, mm-hmm. and and they're hypercritical and. I'm not saying that that's wrong. Like I, I'm in general, I think I would rather hear the arguments and then decide for myself. But it also feels like with baseball, there's a lot of complaining and not acknowledging. Like I think they've made some good choices. I really like the what like we saw last year. I like the wild card series rather than the one game, you know, one and done. I thought the three-game series, I thought that felt different. I thought that felt like playoff baseball more so than the one game did. The one game, to me, Absolutely. Like, it, the one game felt like, you know, back in, you know, in the 90s when you'd have the two teams tied and they'd play the one-game play-in. So it's like, oh, is this the postseason? Is it not? It did feel like the postseason to me last year. And so I think they're making improvements. I mean, it's just, it's a really long season. And it's just, you know, it's a long season that gets defined by the playoffs. And by the time the playoffs come around, you know, you're kind of in football mode. They've done some I good mean, things. Like some, some of the things like today, Jordan Walker's making his debut for St. Louis, the, the young shortstop for, for the Yankees. They, you know, the, this latest CBA sort of discouraged the service time manipulation thing. They're, they're doing some things that are not only player-friendly, but fan-friendly. I mean, if you're a Cardinals fan, for example, you don't want to see Jordan Walker go to Memphis for two weeks. He needs to go to St. Louis. You want to see him play. If you're a Yankees fan, you're ready to turn the page to to the new guy. You don't want to see him get sent to Rochester or wherever for three or four weeks just so you can say, oh, well, we sent him down to work on his defense. It's, you know. Yeah, and in fairness to Major League Baseball, you know, one of the bigger problems I feel like that we've seen with baseball is it's kind of the what we've discussed about sports in general today. It feels like the last stakeholder that ever gets considered 
is the fan. Even though, as the commission said, uh, Roger Goodell said this week, you know, Thursday night flex games, it's fans first. It's always oh, yeah, taking yeah. care of the fans first. It's forget the fact that Apple said they wanted to buy Sunday ticket and they were willing to pay the most so that they could offer it to fans at a reduced cost. And the NFL said, absolutely not. That is non-negotiable, but it's fans first. Yeah. Um, to me, though, with, with baseball, a big frustration, at least like for me, the labor disputes. And like, I do understand why the labor disputes happen. Major League Baseball's Players Association, I think of all the, of all the major professional sports players unions, I think they're the most effective. But it winds up like in just these stalemates and just these like negotiating through the media and it just kind of wears on you as a fan. You're like, I don't like, yes, we can all acknowledge. Like I'd like for the players to get as much as they can. Like I, they're the ones entertaining us. I'd like for them to get as much as they can, but really what it boils down to is I want to see baseball. And I feel like they've had the, the most contentious, the most contentious, you know, negotiations that have led to like less baseball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, and the one, and they're the sport that could handle that the least because they have struggled from a national standpoint. It's very, very, very strong regionally, but not not nationally. I the opposite I, of the NBA, which is like the NBA's, by they're encouraged that by the end of this week they're going to have a new labor agreement. Most people didn't even know they were having a dispute. I mean, they're, they're it's we're not there. They have a completely different approach to it. Of we're not going to screw this up. Yeah, 
but stay on baseball for a minute. I need a team in the American League because I'm obviously following the Braves to whatever extent. I'm not doing the, hey, I'm going to brag on social media if they win the East. I'm still not some sort of diehard. But I need an American League team to pull for. And I had convinced myself it was just going to be the Orioles because of their college mm, presence, because of the way they built. But I see today that, look, I, I don't want to go jump on like the Astros bandwagon or get the World Series winner. But I'm seeing that all these analytical things are saying that the Orioles are going to finish dead last in the East and regress by like eight or nine games. I don't necessarily need that either. No, although it's probably a good time to jump on the Orioles bandwagon because I actually think the people they have running the Orioles now are actually smart. And so like last year, they had the really good start. And, you know, that's obviously a franchise that's like starved just to make the playoffs. And they had a chance at the deadline to like maybe get some pieces and make a push. But they took the approach of no, you know, we'll sell, we'll sell the assets that we have. They sold, you know, they traded the closer and, and they're like, no, we're gone. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're going to do this. We're going to do this right. We're going to give ourselves the best chance. And so it feels like that now's a good time to jump on them because even if they regress a little bit this year, like it's in the, it's with the thought process of, they're trying to put together a run. They're, um, they're obviously in a very tough division. The thing is, are they ever going to take the big payroll jump? They went from 47 right. to 63 this past offseason, but that still only has them above the A's in Major League Baseball. So it's not like they really jumped up into the middle tier or anything else. They've done a hell of a job from a draft, scouting department, yeah. that sort of thing. I just kind of wonder what the ceiling is. Well, there's also like the ownership question for them. Um so, I don't know. The problem for you is when you pick an American League team, it basically has to be someone on the East Coast. 100%. You're not staying up. No. Because my recommendation to you would be the Mariners. The Mariners are actually super fun to watch. Uh, but there's just no chance you're ever That's staying That's 9-15 starting time. No, there's no a I mean, 0% chance you're staying up. But the Mariners are like. I mean, I'll have to Tebow that thing and watch it yeah. at four thirty in the morning. No, when and get that's up. just that never. You know what I mean? Like the, you, even like when you set out with the intention <laughs> of like I'm gonna watch it in the morning. No, you're not. You're not gonna do it. Like just don't even don't even pretend. So I I, I don't hate the Orioles. Um, I don't know because you're not like, grabbing anybody else out of the AL East. You're not just along, gonna become a Red Sox or a Yankees fan. Along the <laughs> lines of what you guys are talking about, though, this is part of baseball's problem. No one's watching on the East Coast, right? Shohei Otani will throw out. We'll make he's there in Oakland, so he'll make his first pitch of the season tonight, somewhere around nine thirty Central, ten thirty Eastern. It's a problem for baseball. Yeah, but I don't know how you solve that. <clears throat> I do. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I, that was my fantasy kicking in. Um, you. When his free agency comes up at the end of the season, you strongly encourage his representation to look Eastern or Central time zones. Oh, okay. I, but I thought you meant like asking the Angels to play at five. Oh, no, no, no. Like, you, you, like no. I, I, mean, it, it, and the, I mean, the most talented team in baseball has been played on the West Coast for a few years now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's if I'm in all seriousness, I mean, all, all Cubs stuff aside, if I'm, if I am Major League Baseball, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to tamper. But God, I want to encourage. Like you, you they would love to have that guy playing at a different time zone. 
Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, pro controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender for those who need that extra help and more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, as well as parts of Union and Pontotoc counties that did not previously have internet, 662-238-3159. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for your next place. Go to GameChangerPatch.com. Promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It is a um, complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They uh, do a lot of things. You can learn more at acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Lamons has been serving the Oxford area for about three-quarters of a century. Wedding rings, engagement rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, you name it, they've got it. Whatever your jewelry need is, they're the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Madison slash Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They're also home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. They'll conduct a complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's uh, mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about planning a trip, you want one that creates a lifetime of unique memories, John can help you do that. Just get in touch with him, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and he'll give you options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync. Your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One, one call, they take care of the rest. One trip. They also will transfer your medications for those who need that uh Move away from a big box pharmacy. Again, make one phone call. They will handle everything to get you going there with GNM or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. So they do lots of compound medicines, a lot of different op- options for you with GNM. So again, 662-236-2222. No, I, I think that's that's fair. But I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I imagine for Shohei, a big part of it is he's just going to always feel more comfortable on the West Coast. There's just a, there's much more of an Asian presence. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's a reason why a lot of these guys that come over from Japan, they wind up on the West Coast. Like, there's, it feels like, it it feels like his decision has already been made and everyone sort of knows it. It's like the worst kept secret in the world. So, that doesn't always work out that way, but man, when everyone's telling you the same thing, it's kind of hard to discount it. I mean, what isn't everyone saying though? He's just going to the Dodgers. Yes, he's just going to go up the freeway a little bit. Let's go, Doyers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of out on the, the Dodgers. Are like 
the new Yankees, like in the sense of like, I, uh, so you want the Padres to catch them this year? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like I've got a lot of my college friends are actually from San Diego and it's weird how much I hate, how much I hate the chargers just in general. And I kind of find them like, I find myself like kind of rooting for the Padres in the sense that like, as long as it doesn't affect, you know, the Cardinals, like I'm, I'm cool with it because like that is kind of a tortured fan base. And even though the chargers are tortured, it's like, I just don't care. I hate the chargers and I've always hated the chargers. Um, but they're all, there's also, they, they're, they're kind of a swaggy team. So they're kind of fun to watch. Did you see, they put Tatis out in right field. He basically never played there before. And he gets a ball hit to him. And the runner's going first to third. And Cat throws an absolute missile from right field. One hop, third baseman, beats the, beats the runner by two feet. This is the damnedest thing I ever saw. I was like, we're not all made the same. I mean, this guy, this guy's really never played the outfield much. And he's out there looking like a gold glove right fielder. It was the damnedest thing. So on you, it's funny you mentioned that because on YouTube the other night, you know, I don't know how the YouTube algorithm knows how the sports calendar works for my brain, but a suggested video was top 10 throws from the outfield. I clicked. There is just something about watching somebody who was the uh, guy that played for the A's. Then the, the Mets got him. I'm blanking on his name. Um, but in Oakland, there was like a ball down in like left field down the corner. He like bare hands it and just throws like a frozen rope. To oh, home was that Cespedes? Joanna Cespedes? There's something about when you see one of those guys that just has like the absolute bazooka from the outfield that you're just like, wow. Have you ever gone back and watched Roberto Clemente highlights? Yes, I've seen them. I mean, yeah, the things he could do were just insane. He was incredible. Like the throws, everybody talks about his hits and the home runs, and he was a great hitter. But that guy, just and again, highlights, and I've gone down that rabbit hole a little bit and watched some full games. His his play in right field was game changing. Oh yeah, you couldn't run on him. I mean, if if you if you tried to stretch first to third, you better have wheels. You tried to stretch first to home on a double in the gap. There is also, I think there's also something with outfielders because they have more space to operate. When you truly do have like the special game changing outfielder, like even for Ole Miss fans, like I think most Ole Miss fans would agree. One of the most fun Ole Miss teams to watch was just whenever when Bousfield was in center because like he just did so many, especially at Ole Miss where a lot of like what Neil's mentioning with Tatis, like, okay, take him from the infield, put him in the outfield. When you kind of just force infielders to be in the outfield, like it doesn't li- lend itself to like great outfield play. But when you see like a truly game changing pure center fielder, like and you give him space to operate, it's fun to watch. I mean, you know, I mean, from a college standpoint, probably the most fun outfielder that I've ever seen was Jackie Bradley because that's what yeah. you see out there. It's just grabbing and hey, psst, ball, you know. ball in the air the way he'd break on it. And then if you throw in the fact that they usually have a cannon with it, like it's a lot of fun to watch. All right. Speaking of uh, defensive players in, in St. Louis, they're going to open the season today without Yadier Molina, who's finally retired after playing 37 seasons. How, dif- how difficult will it be 
watching the Cardinals without Molina back there? Um, I got used to it a little bit in spring training. Um, that's kind of the thing, though. With Yachty, obviously he wasn't peak Yachty. He was still really good behind the plate. Much of the fall off was hitting. But behind the plate, he was still pretty good. Maybe he didn't have like the range that he once did, but he was still, he's still the best pure blocker of the baseball I've ever seen. No I've question. never seen a catcher where it hits his chest and it, the ball goes nowhere. Like it just gets once it right. even stuck to his chest. Yeah, it just, I mean, it's like, stuck there. It's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I get what you're, you're putting out there, but <laughs> Yadier Molina is an honorable uh, man. He's he, a God, he, God fearing Christian would never. Yeah. Never. Never been the rules to his no. advantage. No Never. way there was any substance. How dare you? No way. That's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You bite your tongue. Um, <laughs> the thing with Contreras is he's obviously not going to be the defensive catcher that Yachty was, but at least he gives you a little more something at the plate. And that was really the Cardinals' problem last year. Like, I think he's I think he's going to be okay with St. Louis at least for now because they have these veteran pitchers who don't really need a, a lot of help calling games. Yeah. Part of what happened with him in Chicago was when they went young, you know, when Arietta was done and Lester was done and all those guys and they started going with young pitchers, he just he would get off the plan so fast that it frustrated everybody and he didn't call the best game in the world and and he's not a great pitch framer and he's got a cannon for an arm and he is an elite offensive catcher I, i'm curious to see how it goes with him and and like wainwright and Nicholas and and flaherty and some of those guys who are used to throwing to to molina when when it's just a just a shade different maybe well, and also like molina was a different pitch caller I think though than a lot of people because to your point like so much now of pitching is scripted like hey this guy comes up like you know what the plan is for this guy more times than not I'm not saying like Yachty never had the plan because like you saw like he had the card in his back but Yachty was a big feel guy like when he would see oh this guy can't catch up to the fastball like we're burying him with a fastball like we're just we're gonna force him to hit it and it, and like that's a, that's always had a big influence on me. Like you know, he was he was playing at an impressionable age for me, and like that kind of changed how I called games. Like if I saw this guy can't catch up the fastball, like let's do that. This guy can't hit the breaking ball, let's make him hit the breaking ball. Weirdly though, like I if I think it's correct. I don't think Yachty ever caught a no hitter, and I actually think those are related. But Yachty would oftentimes call a two hit shutout that lasted like two hours. And it was largely because of that. But I think maybe that's why he never caught a no-hitter. It's like, you know, occasionally a guy would just say, well, fastball's coming. Like, I'll gear up and hit it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think now that, listen, is Contreras going to, like, you, you don't want to ever be the guy that replaces the guy. I think it's safe to say if he hits, Cardinals fans are going to be happy. I, don't, I think everyone acknowledges, like, behind the plate, he's just not going to be the same. Yeah, Yadier Molina is going to be a Major League Baseball manager one day. Uh, Wilson Contreras, and I love Wilson Contreras. I'll, I'll cheer for Wilson even in a Cardinal uniform as much as it will hurt me, but he's never going to be a Major League manager. The That's Cardinals have, had, have not had a no-hitter since 2001, by the way. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think he ever. Yeah, I don't think he caught it. Uh, Bud Smith was the pitcher. Hey, last few minutes, uh, NBA down to the final five, six games of the regular season. Um, just any overall thoughts? So, uh, I've, I've become one of the biggest wind horse stands on the entire planet right now. I'm loving Wendy just because a breaking Wendy is just a funny thing to say, but also he feels like the one guy that to the best of his ability, he'll kind of tell you like it is or tell you like how he sees it at least. Um, I think this battle for sixth in the West is going to be special. I think you're going to start seeing teams manipulate, manipulate their roster to try because everyone wants to play the Kings. And that was his big take yesterday. He's like, it is going to be a war to see who winds up in the sixth seed because everyone is just fighting to get to the sixth so they can play the Kings because then, you know, you'd be matched up with the Grizzlies. I'm still very fascinated I, I understand why Phoenix is technically the favorite out of the West. Um, like you can't deny if all those guys are healthy that that's going to be formidable. But man, if one of those guys goes down and they're already they're already having having injury problems all year, like are we really banking on Chris Paul stays healthy again for an entire playoff run? And people are really underselling the Denver Nuggets. It's based on I get why they, they've they've lost in the first round and blah blah blah, but. They're really good, and they're healthier this year than they've been in years past heading into the playoffs. No, because I said the same thing on our show yesterday. It was almost like, as, like yes, they had like they had a couple of bad losses, but it was almost like people are like waiting for them to be a disaster, and it feels like it's getting overdone. Like they still went like six and four in their last 10, and was like, mm, they're not playing great. It's like they've got the one locked up. They've had it locked up. And I think the thing that's going to be most interesting about this playoffs, if the regular season is an indicator, and I stress, I have no idea if it is, because right now you could tell me the regular season doesn't matter. But what we have seen this year is it is really hard to win on the road again. And I'm really curious to see if home court advantage in the NBA playoffs is going to be as big of a factor as it was during the regular season. Like the Grizzlies, Best team at home in the NBA. They've been one of the worst teams on the road in the NBA. The Warriors, like the second best team at home this year in the NBA. The worst team on the They're road. Nine and 29 on yeah. the road, Golden State. Nine and 29. And I mean, I think there's the thought process that, like, hey, when the playoffs kick in, they're, they've, like, they'll figure it out. But I, w- I don't know, as a sports purist, I kind of would like to see, you know, a team that screwed around and didn't win games on the road. Like I'd like to see that cost them. Why are people writing off the Kings? The Kings are are 23 and 16 at home, 23 and 14 on the road. They've been pretty steady. They're they're 30 and 16 inside the conference. They're 9 and 6 inside their division. They're they're their differentials it's it's positive. It's plus 2.9, which is not as good as Denver or Memphis, but but they're pretty they're pretty solid. No one gives them any chance at all to make noise in the playoffs. And I sort I kind of wonder if, if that's based on past precedent because this is a pretty good Kings team. I think there's obviously baked in, there's definitely a sense of like, well, we haven't seen this before. But I actually think 
there's some legitimate uh, skepticism. They have been largely the healthiest team all year. They've had their core for more games during the regular season than pretty much anybody. And then there's also what I call the Lincoln-Riley effect, where their offense is clearly undeniable, but they can't stop anyone. And I think the thought is when you get into the playoffs, game slows down, becomes more half-court, and you've got to get stops. They can't do it. But I think largely what most people that see is like, okay, well, they're a top 10 def- or they're a bottom 10 defense. And most teams that are bottom 10 defensively don't advance in the playoffs. I think that's what I think we're, that's where much of the skepticism comes from. Am I wrong to be cheering for the Thunder to lose? Carson and I had this. We, I know you got to go. We had a moment last night. The Thunder went on a tip in with half a second left from Santa Clara, Jalen Williams. And I was really disappointed. I was I was hoping that the loss to the Pistons would be kind of the final straw. I was like, let's let's lose, let's not do this play in thing, let's not risk it, let's let's get one more bite of the apple at the in, in the lottery. Add Chet and somebody to this group next year, and we'll be a playoff team, and then we'll kind of go from there. And Carson was sort of pissed at me because when Williams made the tip in, he was all pumped. The Thunder played without. Shea Gildas Alexander last night. And I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to lose to the Pistons. They suck. This is going to be the end. And well, I, I hope you're wrong because that's who I would love for the Grizzlies to play in the first round. The Thunder? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a five-game series. That's all it is. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I told Carson. I'm like, we're, not ready, we're not ready to even compete in a postseason series. Let's, let's, let's get no, the team. I do, I do think picks. they I get what you're saying. Like in terms of giving yourself another chance, that's probably the wise move. I also kind of saw it with the Grizzlies when two years ago, when they beat the Warriors in the play-in and then they played the Jazz. I think there's some benefit in getting some playoff experience, especially with a super young core. Like I don't think you want to run the risk of like establishing winning doesn't matter. No, I, I don't. And they've, no, I wanted them to organically lose. Yeah. I don't. I didn't want them to tank because you, when you tank too much, like look at the Rockets, look at the Pistons. When you tank and tank and tank, it's very hard to stop tanking. Yes, and and so the Thunder have not tanked long, despite the national narrative that they've tanked for a long time. They they really haven't. It's only been a two year tank, and I don't think you could call this year a tank. If they don't make it, they won't make it organically. Um, I I just wouldn't mind one like somehow getting the fourth pick in the draft, win the lottery, pick fourth, get another dude, add him with Chet, and then roll. I mean, I think that's appropriate, but I mean, you got to remember, like now, I know the odds have flattened, but it's still going to be like one of those four teams at the bottom that are going to get one through four. Like, in the yeah, end, you're probably, like, I'd rather have the eighth pick than the 15th pick. I mean, I, I'd rather have the 10th well, I, I, than the I agree with that. But I also think that once you get outside of like the top five, it really becomes a crapshoot. All hoops today, Jeff. That's true. Probably all hoops today. I don't know if we're going to get into our WrestleMania preview. (laughs) Enjoy. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks, man. So move on. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. They're shipped directly to your door. Fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate. They take care of dinner tonight. They're Louisiana barbecue. They're New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp. 
their lemon cracked pepper, the Louisiana shrimp bowl, so many different options depending on your palate and what you were looking for. Prime shrimp can take care of you, and we can help you out in the process as well. That's code RG, code RG when you order from primeshrimp.com. 25% off with five pouches or more. You can get some samplers. You can try a bunch of different ones. You can just get your favorite five times, but either way, 25% off with Prime Shrimp and Rebel Grove with code RG. Brought to you by Opa. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. If you're looking for a place uh, when you're coming up next weekend for baseball or whatever the case may be, double-deckers coming up, a Grove Bowl, all that stuff, get in, uh, stop by Opa. Fabulous food, great craft libations as well at Opa on the square in Oxford. I'll have a uh, mailbag up. Later today, probably a good bit later today, uh, brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. We told you earlier in the week about if you're looking for a job, well, if your company is looking for hard-to-find quality talent, service specialists can help you as well. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You've got nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call, 662-832-5138, or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest. No down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And um, we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered there. Horseback riding offerings, support for uh, competitions, nationally recognized competitions. They were just winning uh, here just in the last week or so at Southern Traditions Farm. If you're interested in equestrian or if you're looking for a place to have an event, get in touch with the people at Southern Traditions Farm on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Jeffrey Wright on the MyPerfectFranchise.com hotline. Yeah, your Thunder has no ability to get out of the play-in portion of the playoffs. So it's, it's well, I mean, they, look, they could be the seven. They could work their way up. They need... They're only two out. You're only one out of the seven. Yeah, they, they play. They play Indiana on Friday. It's probably a win. The Pacers are they're they're in the tank. They play Phoenix on Sunday. That's probably a loss. Then they play. Uh, I had it up here. Let's see. Tuesday. They go to Golden State. Golden State's trying to win because they're trying to get to the six. So that's probably a loss. Then they finish. They go to Utah. That's that's probably a win. And then I think they finish. Um, yeah, they finish on Sunday the ninth at home against the Grizzlies, who probably will be resting players that day. Like I don't. That's probably not Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, and the, and the Grizzlies. That's probably that's probably the the. So that's probably a win. 
the Memphis G League team. So that they could be in the eight nine game. And, and if that would lose, be forty one and forty one, which is an incredible accomplishment for a team that was predicted to win twenty three games. Yeah, that would be exactly five hundred if they win. How you just said? Well, they are significantly better in a number of spots than people think they are. Um, SGA is 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 an All NBA player. He's closer, frankly, he's closer to first team All NBA right now because of Morant's issues than third team. So he's going to make an All NBA team. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara should win Rookie of the Year. He won't, but he should. Uh, Josh Giddy has proven to be not an elite NBA player, but a very good NBA player. And then they have a handful of guys that play roles really well. Uh, Isaiah Joe has, has become a very good uh, three-point shooter. Um, Lou Dort's one of the best on-ball defenders in the entire league. Um, uh, Jalen Williams from Arkansas has proven to be a uh, a very capable NBA player who, as a backup to Holmgren next year, will be a, a very good backup. Um, they're, they're doing all this right now without Kenrich Williams, who's out for the rest of the season with the wrist injury, but he's, he's proven to be a, a, a quality NBA player. Um, they, they've built, they've, they've done a really good job. They don't get credit for it because for whatever reason, and Jeffrey's right. And we've seen this with media in general, there's a lot of lazy media and they bite into a narrative that, Oh, this team's a tanking team. All they do is tank the thunder tanked, like truly tanked one season. That's it. The first season that they tanked, they sucked and they ended up with the sixth pick. And they took Josh Giddy, And then last year, they didn't tank until the end. Like At the end, they're like, this is stupid. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And they, it was a smart thing. This, this season, the Thunder have not tanked. This team is – one could argue that they should have tanked, but they didn't tank. They kind of played the season out organically, and they're proven to be around 500, and they're very much in the play-in mix and are probably a couple of three kind of – painful last second losses from being the seven mm-hmm. oh, i mean look i mean they're going to finish the year one and one and a half out of the six probably they probably can't catch golden state but they're gonna be right there in it yeah i mean you could make the argument for mark degnault for coach of the year you could make the argument a very compelling argument for sam presti for executive of the year i don't know that either one of them will win it but they've and and, and look they got jalen williams with the 12th pick in the draft and he's Paolo Boncaro will win rookie of the year. I would argue that Jalen Williams should win rookie of the year. He was the twelfth pick. Yeah. My uh my last baseball thought, because we talked that much baseball and didn't really mention the Mets. It, I, I know they've got this payroll. They're paying a hundred million in luxury tax, Steve Cohen doing what Steve Cohen's doing. But it's going to fall apart and that rotation is going to be injured, right? I mean, we're we're not actually buying them as the World Series favorite or anything, are we? I mean, you're not, talking about look. Not I like division. Justin Verlander. Scherzer's entertaining, but even when Quintana comes back, their rotation, their top four guys, 40, 38, 36, 34. Yeah, no, and, and just, it's the division that they play in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Braves are the World Series favorite. Um, Philadelphia was right there a year ago, and that is that is a very good team. I mean, I know Braves fans don't like the Phillies, but you, you yeah, have to sure. you have to begrudgingly admit that they're awfully good. Um, I think the Marlins are going to be much improved. 
Their um, pitching is going to keep them in it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see it with the Mets. Um, I really don't. They're good. They're a good team. They're going to win games just because of who's on their team. But I, I don't see the Mets in the same stratosphere with the Braves, Phillies, Padres, maybe even Cardinals. That's gross to say. Um, Dodgers. The Mets are. I mean, the Mets are better than. They're better than the Marlins, and they're better than the, the Nationals, and they're better than the Cubs and the Brewers and the Pirates and the Reds and the probably the, the Giants and and the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. But that's that's the realm that they're in. I I don't see it. Just because you spend a shit ton of money doesn't mean you're going to have a great team. And to your point, you're asking a bunch of guys that have pitched a lot in Major League Baseball to change the way that they pitch, to move faster, um, and then. At some point, those guys are going to break down. I mean, Verlander's had a special career. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, no, no one's questioning that. But are you, are you really counting on Justin Verlander to carry you at, at age 40? just feels like a lot. They're going to miss DeGrom. Texas, the Rangers are a team that's actually kind of interesting. They went out and spent a lot of money and revamped their team. And who knows? I mean, I don't they play in a gettable West from the standpoint of no one but the Astros are elite. So you could, you could, you could at least chase eighty-two wins. Yeah, for sure. You could. You, they could chase a playoff deal, and then if you get into the playoffs mm -hmm. with a guy like Degrom, who knows? But when you do the whole, well, there's only one team in the division that's elite. Well, it's like okay, yeah, but that team is elite, <laughs> and that's a problem. I mean, you know, I mean that's that's an issue. Uh, yeah, the Rockies aren't going. You know, the West is right there gettable. If it wasn't for the damn Dodgers, I mean, yeah, because you know, it's it, not it, like, it's, like, it's, like if you're Milwaukee, for example, I, I think you can look at this season and and say, okay, well, the Cardinals are better than us, but are the Cardinals an elite team? No, the Cardinals aren't an elite team. Now they, I, I think they have a chance to be, but but you know, Wainwright starting on the shelf, um, Nicholas is is not an elite pitcher. He's a very good pitcher, but he's not elite. Uh, who knows what happens with Flaherty, and it's a walk year for him. Um, they didn't. They they, they kind of not choked, but got whipped in the postseason. You don't know what, what the scar tissue is from that. There's no Molina. There there there. There's a lot of there. There's enough issues with St. Louis that you can say they're not an elite team going into the season. So if you're Milwaukee, and you've got pretty solid rotation, especially at the top with Burns and and those guys, that you can say. All right, well, we maybe we could be in this. They're they're one of the interesting teams to me, and I guess because I'm NL centric, central. I mean NL cent central centric. It's a lot. So yeah. tongue twister. Um, if you're Milwaukee, Corbin Burns, who is a Cy Young candidate, he's leaving at the end of this year. You screwed up the arbitration. He's leaving. If you're Milwaukee and you don't think you've got a chance to win in July, you've got to think about unloading him you've got to think about moving on and that's they're they're one of the teams that i'm watching because on the flip side if they start hot if you're milwaukee you think about going all in and mm. and and making a big acquisition at the deadline and going for it while you have it while you have a roster that could win it so a lot of football heavy stuff on brian's show he talked to weldon today they discussed spring practice all that kind of stuff but and this is just speculation we have no idea do you think Spencer will throw during the scrimmage on Saturday? Do you think they're resting him to make him available when fans are out there on Saturday? I would think so. 
Well, look, if we're going to go on the premise that I think we most of us are going under, that this is an honest-to-God competition, you have to let him compete. And if he's going to compete, and I would assume that he came with the intention to compete at the very minimum, if, if, if he's going to compete, he's got to throw. Because there'll be another practice in about 40 minutes. It's 9.04 right now as we uh, get started. But he has not participated fully in a practice in, in a week now. Saturday and Tuesday, he was both limited to some extent. Yeah, and he threw some on Tuesday because yeah. I watched him throw an interception. Um, he threw some on Tuesday. There's, I've heard some people go, he didn't throw at all on Tuesday, and that's just not true because I watched him throw. He just didn't throw a ton. He was on a pitch mm-hmm. count. And the pitch count part makes me think, hey, this is all sort of planned. They sort of knew this going in, that, that there was going to take some time and they were going to have to ramp him up. It's, it's kind of like when Hunter Elliott comes back. He's going to be on a pitch count. You can bet on it, right? Yeah, he's not throwing 118 the first day out. No, he's going to throw 60 pitches or whatever, the 70 pitches or whatever, and they're going to watch him, and and then they'll – Try to slow build him up, even if that's a painful thing to do. That's it's. I kind of wonder if that's what is going on with Sanders, and and maybe we're making more of this than needs to be made. Because Lane doesn't seem remotely concerned Mm-mm. with Spencer Sanders' health. No, he said this is all completely as planned. Yeah, no- I mean, just completely cool with it. Yeah. Saw Zach Evans got in the four fives yesterday. Um, we'll help his draft stock as the uh, the draft gets here. It was one bit of news that made some sense. I'm curious, just because I like him as a person, I'm curious what AJ Finley gets from a grade and a draft standpoint for uh, for April. He ran well, ran a four four seven. Yeah, uh, has has NFL size. It's a real smart guy. He's the main one I'm really rooting for. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him have a long career, and I think in the right, in the right franchise, he'd have a chance. Great, Great games. Going to play. Going to play a lot of special teams. Going to be. I, he's, yeah, you're right. He's one of those people, kind of like Mike Hilton when he came out. He's one of those people that those of us who cover the team, we sort of mm-hmm. cheer for guys like AJ. What games are you trying to catch a minute of today? Oh, I mean, obviously, I'm 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 going to watch or try to watch some of the Cubs. I'm, I'm going to miss part of it because I'll be riding and then I'm taping with Siski. And so by the time I look up, it's going to be seventh inning or eighth inning if it's a fast game. Um, Cubs I'm at gonna, home against Milwaukee at 120 today. Yeah. Uh, I won't get to see much of it for the same reasons, but I'm interested in the Orioles this year. I'm going to try to make myself adopt them a little bit. Um, I'm looking. Um the but only we, ESPN national game today is White Sox Astros. Yeah, that's weird. Um, Phillies Rangers is a game I, I have some interest in. Uh, Nolan Degrom, that's a really good pitching matchup. Uh, Blue Jays Cardinals at three ten. Um, not Mets Marlins, not really White Sox Astros. I don't know why they picked that game. I guess because the Astros won the World Series. Yeah. Um, Angels just because Otani's pitching, but by then I'm going to be about lights out. Uh, if, if I were staying up to watch a game, it would be Cleveland. Bieber, yeah, I think say you can get Bieber Castillo tonight. Yeah, that, that's a good game. Seattle, 
Seattle's got a chance to be a really good team, I, I think. And and I think Cleveland's got a chance to be a special team in the AL Central. This is kind of odd. I'm on ESPN side as I'm looking at this. So the cheapest ticket to an opening day game today is the Marlins. Seven bucks will get you in the door. The most expensive game today, Detroit at Tampa Bay. Really? Detroit at Tampa Bay, the the in-the-door price currently is $103. I wonder why. No idea. What is that about? I don't know. Do they seriously have part of the stadium closed off or something? I, I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's surprising to me. Astros, $67. I've always Dodgers, wanted to go. Yankees, always $84. Wanted, I've always wanted to go to opening day at Wrigley. I've just never done it. I've always told myself I'm going to do it. It's kind of on my list of things that I'm going to do one day. I just haven't ever done it. I don't know why. This would like this would have been an easier year just to fly up there and go to opening day. I just didn't do it. So I'm looking here. I pulled up the the the, the Rays Stadium. They're only showing available tickets in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, in eleven sections of the stadium. Yeah. I, I'm of no help. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the lower bowl, and then one kind of mid-level seat. 112 there, 103, 103, 135, 136, 126, 135, 151 in the different sections. Huh. No idea. No no clue why, but that's vivid seats is showing that. So I guess they're doing some sort of stadium renovation. I don't know. No clue. I, mean, I wouldn't think they'd have some huge frenzied crowd today, but that's where it's at. Uh, again, Brian and Weldon did a ton of football, and then we will have a show to, coming to you for a Friday show that the uh, hand-raised guys, from a video standpoint, we are going to talk to Ryan Burns, an Ole Miss guy who has dedicated many, many, many hours to the D.B. Cooper investigation, to the mystery of who actually is D.B. Cooper. We spent over two hours with him yesterday. I think going people through are gonna really. I think people are going to really like that podcast. I, I feel very con- he was he was being modest. I feel very confident that he and his team has solved the mystery and that they are the ones to to accomplish it. Out of so many people who have dedicated, frankly, some people have dedicated their lives to it um, to solving this mystery. I think Ryan is a pretty normal human that has done it in his spare time but there there are some people who have gone almost crazy over this 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 mystery to the point where i was antsy yesterday (laughs) about it uh when we got finished (laughs) when we got finished i went for a walk and i couldn't stop thinking and you've known me for a lot longer than ryan has obviously so he probably had no idea that i was being serious to the point that i i wanted to get on the phone with him and go dude you got to go up there you've you've got to you got to go. There's a that. reporter brain going on with us. It's like, no, we're this close. Go get the story. Go, 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 you're, go. Like, knock on there. the door. I, I think you're at the story. You, you should go <laughs> run through the tape, man. I mean, all the way. Because it feels like they've been running this long marathon, right? And they're in the final mile or so. And it's like, well, you know, we could stop and get a burger or something right here. Like, no, no, no. Finish running. You're, it's right there. If anything, accelerate. Get your medal. So we spent about an hour laying out the what happened, the, the 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 story behind it, the setup. It's very vital information. So hang through the minutia. 
And then for the second half of the show, you will hear about the suspect that he believes is D.B. Cooper, um, the reason why he thinks that. And it is it is fascinating stuff. So hang in with that through the second part of the show as they really we really get into the meat of something that um, that, that that he's learned and that I feel like he is on the precipice of proving at this point whenever uh, whenever that timeline does uh, does wear out. Because, I mean, you can. You can search on the internet, and when you search this guy's name that he believes, I mean, Ryan is in those threads on Reddit. He is, he has the website that is dedicated to the suspect. He he called it proprietary yesterday. That was kind of their suspect. It's there is an interesting, weird DB Cooper subculture that's built around this and sort of the rules and how all this works. So definitely give it a chance. We'll have that up again as a uh, as a Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. I don't even put it up early today because there's no reason not to. And then we will uh, run it as a video as well. So uh, that's coming up. Practice coverage today, rebelgrove.com, baseball, Texas A&M, starting tomorrow. Again, that's two night games, Friday and Saturday, before an afternoon game on Sunday. To close the series, the Aggies are 1-5 and five in the SEC. The Rebels 0-6, so both teams really needing this series. They're in College Station this weekend. And then an open practice for you guys on Saturday, Ole Miss football. We'll work out in Ball Hemingway Stadium. We'll have any uh, any change of schedule or anything to you. But as of right now, you're invited. You can uh, be out there, sweat it out, watch all the quarterbacks, watch whatever comes to you there at uh, at Ball Hemingway, and we'll have coverage at rebelgrub.com of that as well. So that's the setup. Appreciate Jeffrey for his time today, and we will talk to you again very soon.